bless you. Amen. Awesome. We're going to hit the road running. So, wow, that worship was amazing. Thank you so much, team. Bless the people of God, the visitors, the hungry ones, the people that are kind of be, be coming tonight. One worship are, are here in the house. And that is going to be stupendous. No chairs. It's going to be like a roundhouse of worship. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. What a tremendous week it's been. But unfortunately, sad news for Israel. They were, they were truly invaded by the, the Hamas. We need to pray for them. It, it, it is a very... Uh, so can I be real with you? I'd like to shelter you from the storm. Uh, but I've got to be real with you. And the Bible says the church is a house of prayer. Amen. Uh, they were invaded uh, yesterday, I believe. There's hostages being taken. There's 100 people being killed. Um, and soldiers being taken uh, captive and hostage. So we pray for them, Father. We pray for Israel, the nation of Israel. The Bible says if we pray for them and be mindful of them especially and pray for them, we will be blessed to be a blessing. That's actually where that statement comes from. Blessed to be a blessing is from if you bless Israel, you will be blessed. Who's, who's with me on that? So, Father, we, our hearts go out to these families. Literally, they're just living normal lives. And all of a sudden, they came out of tunnels brandishing rifles and uh, occupying spaces and invading spaces. They should not, and we declare that the angels of God are coming to their aid. Angels, Lord, uh, are, are helping and intervening and saving and rescuing the people that are entrapped in this situation. And we bless all the efforts to bring peace to that nation in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? amen? Can you do a hand clap for me? Just a, yeah. Well, we're in this series of uh, friends and family and visitors. God bless you. Uh, just so great to be, uh, just to hear what Candy said about the giving. Because, uh, you know, the Bible says in the last days there will be an apostasy, uh, people breaking rank from the truth. I'm um, hearing some weird stuff out there of ministers now sanctioning those sort of marriages. I won't go into that. Um, and, uh, and the Bible says in the last days, and we're definitely in the last days, there will be an apostasy of people breaking rank from the Bible, from the truth, from the, the body of Christ, the, 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 the church, in fact. And, and they will go it alone. And because these are days that, it, it, you know, we're... we're basically in a conflicted world. Um, another thing it says about the last days, that there will be uh, trouble, uh, perilous times, it says, stressful times, but dismay, and, uh, and we're seeing that. And uh, let, let's, let's take stock of that and understand this, that you have an overcoming spirit in you. If you're born again, and then if you're not, I'm going to help you with that at the end. But if you're born again, you've got to know this, that you've got a Rafa Nadal born again. You've got a, you know, you've got a, a Lionel Messi, whoever your favorite champion is. You know, you've got a Russell Crowe gladiator in you, you know what I mean? Uh, you, you've got this spirit in you that, that can overcome all things because Christ has done that. He's overcome death. Well, there's nothing more you can overcome than that. So... 
You have that spirit, and it's the problem is that you've become domesticated. That's why we have men's ministry, and John Eldridge, wild at heart, says, we're born for adventure. Even the ladies are born for adventure. Imagine that. Even the ladies want to go for an adventure. They don't want to be cooped up in a kitchen, in a house, and just continually ironing. And They don't want to be like that. But he says, they're born, oh, sorry, man, I've dobbed you in. They're born for adventure. You've got to, you've got to get your women out and just blaze the trails of those cafes and, and uh, maybe, maybe something, uh, climb a mountain, go to, go to the Janolan Caves or something. I know Gillian Andrew camped out there. I think they got more than they bargained for. Yeah, let's camp out in the Blue Mountains. <laughs> it, it sounded great at the time. It sounded wonderful. And, uh, but yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to leave the air conditioner Leave there, I could tell you because I'm leaving now. We will be back. <laughs> but let's start with some admonishment. My message is the fifth part of overcoming spirit. Faith is, please, if you hear something that sounds like it's uh, true and applicable to your life, just give an amen, uh, you know, some sort of grunt or something to say that you're alive and enjoying it. I. <laughs> um, Aussie audiences. They say if you can preach to Aussie audiences uh, and, and even perform to Aussie audiences, man, you can perform anywhere in the world. So we are doing well, any of those who are doing that. Let's start with, a, with a, and this will give me context for my message, and I'm talking about faith. And I, I, I've, gone through these, um, I've gone through this series, I've called, talked about the great exchange, the world through COVID, trying to exchange your fear of God for the spirit of fear, but the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. So we've got people nervous about oh, stuff and driving cars by themselves with, I'm not sure what that's about, but I think that is definitely fear gone to seed, amen? Uh, you know what I mean? So I talked about, just to help, because I see some visitors in the house, and I'm talking about the overcoming spirit, and this is what we're going to need in these end days. So I talked about the great exchange that was definitely... Uh, an agenda, I think, by the enemy, and I, and I talked about the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not cringing, and it, it, it is just this absolute reverence for God, and, and, and it's just, man, you want to please God, you, you, you want to do the right thing, make right decisions for Him, and, and you want to glorify Him. So, and then I talked about knowing God. What's knowing God? It's really having an intimate into me see, intimacy, into me see, you know, when that great story Julie told about Mary, and she was called by name, abiding, then I talked about abiding and walking in victory, and definitely, I, I love the story about David, you know, he's just got this, ah, oh, he's just got this spirit on side of him, and he, and just through even tending, you know, he's just tending the sheep, but somehow through intimacy and worship and dialoguing with God, he got this overcoming spirit happening in him. And this spiritual DNA came out and literally ran to that giant and overcame that giant despite all the odds uh, with no armory, no, no worldly armory. He just went at it by the conviction of his spirit and by faith he took that giant out. And that's what we got to do. So I want to talk about faith, but first I need to give this um, just this prophetic message, I thought it was pertinent to what I'm speaking about, and it says this, end of the year clash identity, end of year identity clash, October, November, December, now it's the new Hebrew year, 5784, 
5784 rolled around the 16th of September. We're in a new Hebraic year for the people who subscribe to that. And, and basically, they're saying, the prophetic says, it means open doors. It means doors. People, some of you people are on the brink of going through a door, going through a door of realizing why you're on the planet even, why you got saved even, maybe why you even got married to that wife of yours, amen? Oh, that's why. And you've tried to wrangle it and work it out yourself, but oh, that's what it's for. Yeah, it's to worship God and love God and bring his kingdom to pass. That's why God gave you that helpmate. See, when you bring things into context, it all makes sense. So this um, Colin, uh, what's his name, help me, Cooney, I was going to say Clooney, George Clooney, no, it's not George Clooney, uh, it's Colin Cooney, I think it is, and he says this, no, it's not, it's someone else, I'll try and work it out who it is later, he says, the end of the year identity clash, October, November, December, the enemy is pushing in on people's identities right now, and throughout the rest of the year, everything you believe or think you believe will be tested by the accuser of the brethren. Is this registering with anyone? This is because the new year will bring with it fresh overcoming grace for your next phase in Christ. The enemy wants to shift you out of God's trajectory. The enemy, I said, wants to shift you out of God's trajectory for your life and into his own trajectory for you. Your identity is important and it is in the way of the enemy. So we're talking about strategy for overcoming at the end. I'll continue into October. October will be filled with subtle did God really say? Moments that come directed at identity, calling, and relationships. Ooh. Their harassment will slowly build, weighing heavy on the minds of many, moving them out of standing faith and into the questioning and into questioning their faith. Can you say faith? Faith. November will be an all-out assault on covenant relationships. The people put in your lives for life will be attacked. The enemy will try and plant deceptive thoughts and accusations, trying to get you to see things that aren't there, that sever relationships and sever relationships you aren't meant to be without. Many relationships that are meant to be lifelong ones may be threatened to break in the month of November. Very sobering stuff. If you have endured through November, December will bring deep loneliness and the sense that you aren't wanted, so you might as well give yourself over to the works of the flesh. Praise God. Obviously, none of these needs to happen because greater is He that is in you that is in the world. Amen. His aim is to help us overcome every attack of the enemy and we can do that. You're going to come out. You're not even going to have the smell of smoke on you. You're just going to come out of it. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. How do we overcome? And this is his uh, admonition. This is his encouragement. How do we overcome? And I think this is what we need, need in this day and age is practical, practical ways how to deal with our situation at hand. One, it is written, Jesus overcame the temptation of his flesh with the written word. Amen, you know that. The word was hidden in his heart and he used it to do good warfare and he overcame. 
to, write this down, discipline, saying no, shutting, saying no to shutting off the media, ending, ending an unhealthy relationship or basically a requirement of strong identity is healthy discipline. So he's talking about discipline. Four, liturgy, the rhythm, the rhythms, liturgy, rhythms, meaning, um, no, let's back it up. Three, Aaron and Ur. Exodus 17, lean into covenant relationships. Be vulnerable and allow them to hold your arms up when you're weak. We were never meant to walk alone. Aaron and Ur held up the arms of Moses. Remember, as long as Moses held his arms up, the battle was won for God's people. And, and he got so tired, he needed his confidants, he needed his main men to come alongside him, hold those arms up. But here's a lesson of leadership. They didn't get his, they didn't, okay, so, Jeremy's here, wow. Who can I choose? Jeremy, come here. Sorry, bud. You're, you're Moses, by the way. You're holding your arms up, the battle is being won, amen. Aaron and Ur, they come alongside Moses, and they don't check, Jer- they don't look at Moses and go, oh, look at Moses, look at his hair, look at those tattoos. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. No, they lifted his arms up like this because familiarity breeds contempt. You know what I mean? Familiarity. So there's a way to hold up your leaders but not be too, not be too invasive. And so that's, that's an awesome, that's an awesome leadership. God bless you, man. Great to see you in the house. I didn't see you there, bud. And so um, holding those arms up of people, close prox. Four, liturgy, that's the rhythms of grace, consistency in prayer, Bible reading, worship, listening to the voice of the Lord during the week. The rhythms, the rhythms of spiritual formation, disciplines will keep your mind tracking with the mind of Christ. Who can say amen to that? So five, the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, remove the enemy of your soul who's remind the enemy of your soul who shed blood for you and what Jesus has done for you. And that would be absolutely a good, a good reminder. So I talked about our series, what we've done. Let us take a dive into this. I know you've probably heard some of the studies of faith, but let's go another angle at this. Amen. So let's do it. Hebrews 11.6, and this is a powerful, we could just pull up right at this scripture, but we'll, we'll do a little bit more. One very important, well-known scripture is in Hebrews 11.6, and it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, amen, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith is, is your currency to live your life by, amen? Every approach that you make to God needs to be by faith. Please don't come to church. Don't come to church without faith. That's what you should be mindful of when you're leaving home. I know, you've got your phone. Everyone knows they've got their phone. Got my phone. Got to have my phone. My phone is like your lifeline. But take your faith with you. Even during the week, during the day, have your faith ready at hand. 
Every approach that we make to God, every action for our lives must be based in faith. Hebrews 11.6. And that scripture is so pregnant with so much emphasis of why we need to continually, uh, I guess, be stirred in our heart and our spirit to live the faith life. Uh, I, I love this, and it helps me uh, decide how to and what to do. And the Bible says in Romans 14, 23, it says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. And I've talked about this in a practical sense. Have you really got faith to eat a chocolate cake like this big or a liter of ice cream? Some people probably do. I mean, but I'm trying to be real with you. I'm saying... Probably not the best illustration, Dale. <laughs> Some people honestly do have faith to eat a full-size birthday cake or four liters of ice cream, and, and they can do it, and they will do it. But no, truly, what you eat, what you say, what you do, do you have faith for it? When you buy that thing, do you really need it? Do you really have faith for it? What you eat, do you really have faith for it? Because that's how I live my life. If I don't have faith to eat something, I will not eat it. Does that make sense? It's like, I know Jeremy Styles' hair. I've got faith to wear this, this cut at the moment. But I can go curly. My hair is, is awesome. It can go curly or straight. And, and for years, I had faith to be curly. And then I, and Julie says, you know what, you got to get a little bit more trendy, let's try this. And then I realize, wow, yeah, I've got faith for this. So every decision that you make, did that help or not? Every decision. <laughs> and blow dry. They say there is no room for spiritual life built on a foundation of human effort or good works. You just can't live this life. So... In fact, the just live by faith, Romans 1.17. And anything other than this is a return to bondage. And it says that in Galatians 5.1. I'm talking about being a goody two-shoes and getting yourself all condemned and, and, and shamed because of you. You've lost that loving feeling of Christ. Lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. Oh, love and feeling. I'm sorry, sorry. Gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. And when you stop looking at Christ, you lose that loving feeling and you get yourself condemned because you've done something silly, you've sinned, and that's what will happen. You will return to bondage. And it says that in Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Don't return to slavery of rules and regulations. Letter of the, of the law. It is faith which gives us the victory of the world. 1 John 5, 4. Please put up those photos of Catherine Crick the other night. Was it Thursday night, Friday, Friday night, down at the Hillsong? Can you just put those up quickly? Who would ever think that Hillsong Church and its platform would be used for deliverance. But that's exactly what happened. The drummer, who's the drummer? Mans, who's that guy? The, one of the original? Lucas Manns. He's been there forever. He says, this is amazing. I never thought I would see the day 
that ministry like this would be practiced on this platform. This is amazing. And so, this is the hill. And so, of course, people are reaching out to Jesus and people were being delivered, set free. The manifestations were telling. People are demonically oppressed. It's true. Hate to tell you that. Life is pretty messy. Your soul can get messy and it can be oppressed. Amen. The early church faced great challenges in the area of faith. And it is not surprising that it is still the same, that we are being challenged with our faith. If true, Satan knows that if God's people discover the tremendous power of faith in God, their lives and ministries would be revolutionized. Amen? Hebrews 11.33 uh, 11, declares that the Old Testament states, I'm giving you some doctrinal foundation to faith, and then I'll get some somewhere. Hebrews 11.33 says, Through faith, the ancients of old obtained the promises. You are sitting in what was initially a vision, a dream, to put God's church, God's people, and God's altar in a church facility, building, tabernacle, however you want to call it, and that the landlord could not come along and say, excuse me, you can't use it this Sunday. So we decided to take that scripture, you will be the, the head, not the tail. And even in our fledgling beginnings in the dusty school hall, praying in the, in the, in the cleaner's closet, the more we prayed, the more the dust would come up. <laughs> People thought, anyway, but, but we did for your sake, for God's sake, we did and we sacrificed. Some people were up for it, some weren't, said, no, we don't want to pay that, as Candy said, we're out of here, life's busy, life's, but we thought, no, this is definitely of God, this is faith. Some people become prisoners of hope. They just keep continually hope. And, and, and they don't fully get to that place. And it says that in, in, in uh, Zacharias 9.12. Zachariah, I should say. And it says they're prisoners of hope. And they never, they never go to that place of the conviction of their spirit that God has spoken to them, that it is a promise of God, and they step into that place of faith. See, it's, it's one thing having hope. I hope so. I hope. No, faith is different. Faith is the substance. It's the undergirding by the Word of God, by the voice of God. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the, the Word of God. Amen? It's, it's deep within you. It, 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 it settles deep in your heart, and no one can tell you any different, that you have heard from God, and this is what's going to happen and needs to happen. Who can say amen to that? Two dimensions of faith, one where we use our faith to acquire and believe God for new things and victories and in Him. And two, where we use that same faith to resist and battle against all the odds that are thrown at us. That's why we use faith, amen? Faith ultimately is a gift from God. 
You just didn't get clever. You were given a gift of faith and you believed God. It was a gift. So you can't brag about it. So let me ask you this question. Um, If you could sum up what you desire to accomplish spiritually in your life, what would be your top priority? And most people may say this. One, to have a deep personal relationship with God. Is that you? Two, to live their lives pleasing to God. Three, to totally fulfill His plans and purposes for their lives. Four, to live in a meaningful relationship with other disciples of Jesus. And five, to glorify God, to build His kingdom through their lives. Who's a bit like me and can say, Amen? Amen. Is that you? So I believe that is a good summation of what most Christians Christians truly desire. I also believe that people desire to live their lives with a sense of purpose in something greater than themselves, greater than just what they do every day by just getting up, having breakfast, going to work, earning some money, uh, paying bills, feeding the family, going to sleep and doing it all over again. I believe innately in every human, everyone wants to be connected to a purpose and a purpose greater than themselves. Am I speaking to anyone? That's why people commit to the church. They understand what it's trying to do. They understand that it was a mandate by God. It's, it, it, it's the institution called church. When Jesus said, I will build my church. When you heard that in your spirit, you went, man, I'm with Jesus on that. I want to help Jesus with that. How can I serve? Oh, you want me to turn the door? You want me to serve in the cafe? You want me to, do that? you know? That's how it happens because we realize the church is not just a social club, but it's a powerhouse of all these possibilities in God. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says, in the day of power, my people volunteer. When there's no power, people don't volunteer. They go, oh, I don't know. When there's no vision, people dwell carelessly. People, another version says, people are ungovernable. They don't want to be governed. They don't want to be told what to do. No, no, we just want to come, sit on our laurels as being a Christian, and we just want to partake of, of some fellowship. Yeah, but we don't want to, we don't want to belong to a church that's on mission with a, with a purpose and a, and, and, and a sacrifice being made. We don't want to do that. But praise God, we have those sort of people here, amen? We have a people that make up this church that actually do that. Sense of purpose coming from the depths of our heart, put there by Christ Jesus. So we could say our true sense of purpose is found in our identity in Jesus, but as an overcomer. Because you're not going to do that if you're not an overcomer, amen? You're not going to commit to that lifestyle if you can't overcome. There's a, there's a great prophetic book I have at home by Francis uh, Frangipane, incredible teacher of the word. And this goes back like 40 years. And the book is called Three Battlegrounds. And it's and, and, and the title of the book is called the, the Battle in the Church, The Battle of the, the Mind, The Battle in the Church, and, and The Battle in the Heavenlies. He talks about, he actually talks about a battle in the church, a battle in the minds of the people, and a battle in the heavenlies. That's exactly the conflict we're in, guys. 
this is not just kumbaya land. This is, this is a great conflict we're in. The world's coming at us. The media's coming at us. Attacking the church as an institution. Attacking people, bringing them, finding dirt on them. We're in a great conflict, but we can stand with an overcoming spirit and we can stand for God's great church in this hour. So this attitude of the abiding relationship we have with Jesus, the sense that we are involved in something greater than ourselves is something that kicks inside of us. 2 Corinthians 5.17, let me just get this portion out because my time is done. You are body, soul, and spirit. Does anyone believe that? I hope you do. When you are born again, their spirit, which was formerly dead to God, Ephesians 2.1, begins to function again. And its various faculties are restored to a correct operation, meaning your, the Holy Spirit regenerated you and rebooted you, literally put jumper leads from heaven on you and jumpstart your spirit, your dead spirit, to know God, love God, serve God. That's how powerful it was. It's Ephesians 2.1 when your spirit was dead, and it, and it declares that. And these faculties come alive in you. One of the faculties that come alive in you is this one, fellowship. This ability to develop a relationship for that, oh, that love and feeling, oh, that love, that kicks in when that faculty of fellowship, which is a part of the faith dimension of your life that's how you get this radical faith when that holy spirit comes on you and jump starts that capacity that faculty of faith in you which is the part of fellowship you begin to be able to commune with god driving the car i'm communing with god i'm at the checkout i'm communing with god that's the Holy Spirit, and that's your spirit regenerated and under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's you being able to commune with God. So the first one is fellowship. Two, intuition. The spiritual person has access to knowledge that the five senses cannot deduce. It, 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 it's not rationale. It's not your common sense. It's the intuition that women have innately because God's given them more of an emphasis of the holy, uh, the, uh, what is it, intuition because they are, they are the ones caring for our children and they're the ones that hear the baby cry. They're the ones when the men are out working, let's go back into the old days of the, the shack, the wilderness, and the guy's out hunting, the woman, the woman is at home, she's letting the kids outside in those, in those days you let the kids play outside, down near the stream even, the good old days, kids three or four, still, kids outside, animals walking around, we call that the providence of God, because God so loves your children, and we know that, that we let our children venture out into the brave new world of planet Earth. 
And the mum is dutifully and happily baking a cake or something <laughs> for the... No, no, sorry. I've got to be careful. Maybe I've got to change this, this up a bit. Um, but she's at home happy, happy to be at home. Let's just say that. She gets something in her spirit. No, something I wrote. She opens the door, sees nothing, but says to the little kids, come in. Oh, why do I have to come in? We're having such a fun time. Just come in now. Now, come in. The man would go, what are you talking about? But the woman knows something. The intuition is, is happening. Ten minutes later, kids are in the house. They're frustrated. What are we doing in here for? What's the story? And, but ten minutes later, down the dusty road comes the stranger on horseback, the stranger. Danger stranger. See, kids, I know how to look after you. Now, I've been led to believe that women have a dimension of intuition that is quite alert. Men, trust me, you would do well to listen to your wife on all matters. She could... (laughs) She could, she could save you a lot of hurt, man. I want to buy this car. Look at it. It's awesome. This guy's awesome. This person. A little child's found a good friend to hang with. The third part of the faculty of faith that, that you got when you got saved is your conscience. In our faith walk with God, it is the conscience, the conscience, which is the arbiter, the referee, the judge. It bears witness to the truth and judges what is right rather than merely condemning you for everything that is wrong. Yes, your conscience can go a bit haywire and condemn you, but I believe the conscience is this. It's to tell you that is the right thing to do and no. That is not the right thing to do. And when we move in faith, the conscience of will either check us or approve us, meaning check, meaning, mm, nah, or yes, that is fine. That's how your conscience is supposed to work. If you are sanctified, and you're renewed in your mind and in, in your soul, regenerated, it can work wonders. And that's how you make decisions. By that peace that you get. What are you saying, conscience? What are you saying, Holy Spirit? I mean, so many checks and balances in this. It's ridiculous. We should not be doing crazy stuff. Because, oh, hang on, I forgot to tell you. Only if you are living by faith, that you're fellowshipping with God, you're communing with God, you've done your devotions in the morning, you're communing with God. I'm communing with God all the time. In the car driving, playing golf. Lord, help me, help me. Get this ball straight. Ah! <laughs> you, you develop this communal relationship with God. Lord, thank you. Look at my grandkids. Thank you, Lord. Look at my son-in-laws. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Look at our church. Look, look at the property at the moment. Thank you. Thankfulness is probably the is a real key for you to get that communal relationship happening. Not, I want, I want, I want. You know, thank you, Lord. 
nearly done. I've just got to share one more point. When you are saved, when you become a new creation, new creature in Christ, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says when you were born again, you became a new creature in Christ. Probably a better phrase is a new creation. But a new creature means, man, you couldn't live underwater before, but now you can. You couldn't live in the kingdom before, but now you can. You're a new creature. Does that help someone? You couldn't fly before, but you can now. In the thermal currents of, of God, His will and His glory. Amen. You can fly. The Bible says so. So, so yes, we have something much greater than ourselves we are involved in, which gives us a deep meaning and purpose, and that is truly right. And when we understand that, that there's this great purpose around us, and that there's this deep meaning within us, and we'll never be satisfied unless we acknowledge it and subscribe to it and walk it out. And so the Bible tells us that the foundation of living our spiritual lives and abiding with God is by faith. Is that true? The foundation to accomplish living our lives for God's purposes and His glory is by faith. This is why that powerful scripture, Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Now, if you read, I'm trying to find this um, because I'm jumping all over the place here, but it says, let, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's open that to collectively. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Uh, 5.17, I should say. Thank you, Jules. It says, when you're born again, and... Faith is a noun. What's a noun? Help me, school kids. Place, place, person, thing. Faith is a thing, but faith is a verb. James says, without, exactly, yeah. Thank you. There's a teacher. He's trying, he's trying to correct the student. It says, because you're born again, in verse 17, can you see this? Help me, we're crunching this now. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gives us the ministry of reconciliation. You've been given a ministry of reconciliation. You cannot go anywhere without this whirlwind, whirlpool around you drawing people in. You're standing at the checkout. You're standing in this, this whirlpool of the anointing of the grace. I'm sitting at the barber's chair at Jeremy's establishment, his flourishing, prospering business. I'm sitting there, unsaved guy might be cutting my hair would that be right would there be my but as he's cutting my hair <laughs> scissors are flying out of his hands <laughs> buttons are popping off he's got, what is it with this guy his mind is going towards God he finally asked me hey do you believe in God 
Well, funny you should ask that question. <laughs> yes, I do. Because you have the spirit of reconciliation. No matter what, how you're dressed, no matter if you're having a bad hair day, <laughs> no matter if you're an introvert, I'm sorry, introverts, everywhere you go, every place I go, you are reconciling matters in people's lives, businesses, homes, marriages, and you haven't even said a thing. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Francis Assisi. What, what else does it say? If you read on, it says you're an ambassador. You're here by special reason. If you read on, it says you're an ambassador representing a foreign policy called the kingdom of God. You are in introducing a kingdom way of life and representing the king as an ambassador no matter where you go, what you do, what you say. And if you read that, because you're born again, you have a spirit, a ministry of reconciliation. Let's all stand up. God bless you. Father, we pray faith to come alive in my heart. Faith to come alive. Give me confidence to believe. Let me walk out my verb of faith in my life. And let's hand out the communion. Oh, what have I done? Hand out the communion, please, guys. Hand out the communion. Just begin to sing to yourselves, guys. Just, just lift your voices to, while I prepare the communion. Father in heaven, we love you. Help me commune with you on a whole new level. This preacher man says, my faculty of fellowship is alive to you, God. But Lord, I've not been aware of that. Help me, Lord. Help me commune with you. Lord, you, you said my intuition that spiritual dimension of my life is alive to you, that I'm aware innately through the mind of God, through the mind of Christ and His will and His ability to, to reach me, that you would give me a stirring in my spirit. And Lord, my conscience, my conscience, help me not sear my conscience. Searing your conscience is, is totally reneging on what your conscience is saying to you. Searing your conscience is reneging every time the Lord asks you to do something. No, I won't do it. And when you do that repeatedly, week in, week out, you sear. Have you seen skin when it's seared? It can't stretch. I got burnt by a motorbike muffler. That, sh that skin does not stretch. You sear that conscience of yours. Then we need a miracle. Then you need to go to Catherine Crick or Julie Alford to get deliverance. 
because you've got a stronghold. Amen. You need a new wineskin, mineskin. Hang on, why did I take two then? Did, was I taking one for an angel beside me? I'm not sure. Um, Father, if I have seared my conscience by by being haphazard with your guidance in my life, Lord, help me with a new wineskin in my conscience, a new mindskin. Father, tonight there's a there's a movement of your spirit coming to this church. I want you to help me pray before we take communion. And Lord, we know it represents a new day. I was going to mention, we went from living with Jesus like in the Chosen series, then organizing a church which became the Catholic Church. God bless them. And they put all these rules and regulations in. Then the Church of England broke away and because King Arthur III helped me, not King Arthur, Henry VIII decided he wanted to be divorced and the Pope wouldn't recognize it. And he said, well, we're going to start our own religion. This is a great way to start a move of God, I mean, a church, by the way. I declare we'll start our own religion, the Church of England. And it was all because he wanted to be divorced from his, from his wife. So that wasn't really birthed in the spirit, was it? And then all the years, people started to slowly not live the chosen life. They started to bow their knees to institutions and even doctrines. And they have more of an alliance to, the, to religion or a denomination or a church than they do to Jesus. And these young people tonight, they're from all walks of churches. And they're saying to us in this day, we're not playing your games anymore. We're going to worship Jesus like they did in the chosen. We're gonna climb over those denominational walls. And we're not gonna get ugly because you believe in in, in some doctrinal matter and I don't. We're gonna put our best smile on, our best countenance, and we're gonna love each other as brothers and sisters and worship the living God. And that is what tonight is about. It's not about a denomination. It's not about a doctrinal position. And it's not about mental ascension to God through some highfalutin idealism in, in Christ. It is about the simple fellowship of the brothers and sisters and the saints and the young people in God. And we declare that is what God is doing in this hour. It's the end of the church age and the kingdom of God is coming. And by faith, if you see it, if you believe it, get excited. Now listen to me. I just said something radical then. 2,000 years of chaos until Abraham was called. Abraham, then we have the Torah for 2,000 years. 2,000 years of chaos, 2,000 years of the law, the Torah. Then two, Jesus turned up. Oh, 2,000 years of grace. 
Now, the, the, the ancient Jews say there's a timeline on the planet representing 7,000 years. 2 Peter 3.18 says one day is a 1,000 years. 1,000 years as one day. We're coming to the end of 6,000 years and we are just about to enter a new millennium of Christ, Christ Jesus ruling and reigning. But they're saying those denominational uh, intolerances, they're coming down because in the presence of Jesus, all right, I'll give a better illustration. When a Bronco meets a Panther player in heaven, they may end up on the same team because the lion will lay down with the lamb of God in that day. That helps someone. I've got to get better illustrations. That worked, that one. That really worked. Now Andrew's going, no way. No way. We're going to have separate sports in heaven. Tonight, the Broncos and the Panther Church people are going to meet in this house and unto Christ, they're going to worship the King. They're going to lay down their pet colors. Father, we take this bread in remembrance of you. Our faith is in you, Lord Jesus, not in a denomination, even C3. I don't worship C3. Sorry, Pastor Phil Pringle. I don't worship C3. It's just a gathering, fellow travelers, helping each other give glory to God. I don't worship a culture. I don't worship a form of godliness denying the power therein. I don't worship that stuff. Guys, I'm sorry. My heart and this church is towards Jesus Christ. Now, Martin Luther, 16th century, he did a great job of breaking away from that religious, horrible, inclusive, not inclusive, exclusive spirit, bigotry and all sorts of ugly human stuff went down with the, the institution called church. But But this awesome monk, he, he realized we don't need a priest to go through. We are priests. It's the priesthood of believers. We don't need a big shot up here. We don't need one man, you know, doling out, doling out dispensations of favor and acceptance. We can go directly to Jesus because of this in your hand. Hold it up. Because Jesus said to the woman at the well, you're not going to worship at that mountain, this mountain. You're not going to worship in that church or that church or that denomination. You're going to worship in spirit and in truth. So fooey. All you people caught up in your 
exclusiveness of whoever you belong to and whatever intellectual thought you have about God, phooey. We believe in Jesus. And we are called to gather around Jesus. We're not called to gather around a philosophy, an idea, a theology. We're called to Jesus Christ. And we gather to You, Lord, with this bread in hand, and we take it in respect to You, for Your body was broken for our bodies to be healed. Let's take that together. Now we hold up the juice representing Your blood, Your shed blood for our sins. We hold it up collectively as God-fearing, Christ-centered church we are. And we say, Lord God, with this juice, we are remembering you and we are thanking you from the bottom of our heart that we can love the Broncos. I mean, we can love our brothers and sisters. And we can love all the people that you have assigned to our life, even our wives, even our children. And even all the other churches on the coast, we love them. We love the Methodists, the Presbyterian. I was cheering. I went through Wyong and I saw the old RTA um, building in Wyong near the, um, near the council chambers. And there was a big sign on it, Central Coast Community Church. I went, who's these guys? I belong to the fraternal. I, you know, should know these things. And, I rang the church up. He said, no, we're the SDA church. We've been here for years. You're my brother. Of course, we've been traveling with the SDA church for 25, 27 years as a church. They are our brothers and sisters, the SDA church guys. So on Saturday, they're lifting up the praise of God in Wyong. And I'm cheering and I'm chuffed and I'm blessed because they bought that building 2.4 mil. And I said to the pastor, we, our church, C3 Tugra, are so blessed that you took that ground and we're so, oh, we're cheering you on because that's what kingdom people do. We are kingdom people. We're not denominational. Pet doctrines, pet views of God. We are brothers and sisters and children of God. Let's take this cup together. Let's sing some praise. I'm done. Praise God. Come on. I'm going to do one invite, one invite.